Welcome to episode 26 of Crave the Book. Today, we're going to be covering chapters 37 through 42 of Tracy Wolf's Crave. And because not a whole lot goes on during these chapters, aside from Grace and Hudson doing a lot of bickering, Amber and I decided to use this as an opportunity to share some things about past relationships and some relationship advice that we found relevant to the story. So this episode is going to get off topic just a bit, but I think that it's a lot of fun. We have some really good organic conversations that I hope you guys can enjoy as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Okay, guys, we are back at it with chapters 37 through 42 of Crush. Um, I I wish I could say that this is going to be a riveting episode with lots of action and adventure, but most of it is spent with Grace and Hudson bickering at each other, as is a lot of the book. But I mean, personally, that's my favorite part of Crush. I don't know about you, Amber, but I... Same, same. Just the bickering. it's the bickering, the banter, the conversation. It's so much more like spicy and vibrant than conversations with Jackson. We have a type, clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then I don't. Like, I don't have a type where I want an argumentative person in my life. But I do want somebody to have a bit more fight in them than somebody who's all like mushy and doesn't try. Yeah. To get a reaction out of me. Like Hudson seems to be very poke poke the berry. Because it clearly <laughs> it means a lot to him. Whereas like if I feel like if if Jackson walks in on Grace and Hudson together, he would be angry at Hudson, but he'd probably just walk away. There would be no fight in him. No. And that's what it's like, oh, you, you don't want, you don't want boys to fight over you, but every girl secretly kind of. It's like if it does. happens, then it's something that as it's happening, it's like, oh, I'm not enjoying this. But then you reflect on it later and you're like, you know what? Like, I'm desirable. I'm desirable. <laughs> <laughs> the boys like me. Um, so I'm before we. by more than one person. <laughs> Yay, go me. <laughs> Which has never happened to me. I've never been in a love triangle. Oh, there was God. there was what there was one point where I was with a guy. I met my husband Scott. Told this other guy, like, look, this this guy's come along, and I'm I infatuated with him. And this guy Luke went, okay, bye. <laughs> and as a cheek, he made me do two pregnancy tests after we broke up just to make sure that he was left with no loose ends. Oh my god. He's that yeah, that sounds toxic. What a dick. <laughs> I had I had lots of those, like, especially when I was a teenager, lots of those little love triangles of I and I, I definitely as a as a very dramatic teen, um, I, I kind of fed into those a lot just to see what would happen. I, I feel like uh I feel like I was the cause of, of a lot of them. Well, you like every girl and every guy wants to feel like they are desired. It doesn't necessarily have to be by one or two. But when it's through two, it's not the fact that you feel like you're being desired by multiple people. It's the fact that people are willing to fight for the chance to be yours. Yeah. Is 
is the thing that you hope for, but then no one tends to because one person usually walks away because I'm just too much effort. <laughs> <laughs> it's that it's that primal like having suitors. Yeah. You want like them that. to be vying for your love. And if one walks away without even trying, it's a bit deflating. Yeah, there's like, there's multiple sides to this. Like, first of all, for our young listeners, this is very toxic behavior and not very nice to do to to anybody or anybody, male or female or other. So maybe don't, uh, don't string people along for your own amusement. But I think that all teenagers do it. They all, yeah. I, I'm not going to say everybody, but many. If like, I, Why do you think there's so much fiction about, about yeah. that has a love triangle? It's because it is everyone's secret desire, yeah. isn't it? It's, it's the, I want to be desired by two people who are going to fight over me because I am the most important person that I could ever be. And if they're both fighting for me, that means that I'm worth something. I'm worth fighting for. I am a prize to win, which could be a very positive thing. It could be very good for your self-worth, but at the same time, it's... It's not good for them. It's Yeah. <laughs> well, before we get too far into it, um, I don't think we have a lot of spoilers in this episode that would like give anything away for court in particular. But guys, if you haven't read the full series, make sure that you listen for a very, very special sound. Amber, do you want to tell them what it is? Of course. Like every episode, about halfway through, you will hear this noise. And that will signify that we are done with our chapter review and we are going to go into spoiler territory. Um, today's episode doesn't have too many court spoilers, um, but definitely will allude to things that happened in the rest of Crush and definitely Covet. Um, so if you have not read that far, feel free to drop out at the sound of the wolf just so that you don't get anything spoiled because we really don't want to ruin the book for anybody um, the court ones aren't groundbreaking ones, I don't think. No, there's nothing. I don't think that there's anything that's, yeah. There's nothing plot wise. No. Nothing plot wise that is, um, is going to ruin it for you. Um, but we, we don't, we don't want to ruin it. So if you, if you'd feel uncomfortable with carrying on after the wolf, then feel free to drop out and come back when you have read those chapters. Yeah. All right. So I will let you kind of lead because you took more notes than I did because you read before I did. Um, yes. <laughs> and I will I will chime along the way. If anybody doesn't know, like we keep our notes on like almost like a live post-it note system called Trello. And sometimes when we've been reading at the same time, if we're both inputting notes at the same time, it doesn't auto save as well. And some <laughs> of our notes do just disappear. So we have to make sure that we're reading at different times. And that does mean that some notes are covered more than others. Uh, so today I read first and we start the the first chapter, which is chapter 37 in Crush, when Grace has come back from the blood letter um, and has been taught how to build these walls in her mind to protect her from Hudson taking control again. And the first thing that she 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 notices is that Macy is super excited for her to come back. And everybody's reaction to Hudson is very sexual. 
it's all like innuendos about him being still in her and <laughs> how are you going to get him out and all oh, the longer he's in you the more control he has like all of this it's very it's very double entendre <laughs> <laughs> did you did you feel that way the first time that you read it or are you only feeling that oh, way yeah. now okay yeah but I, I think it's because it's like a, that's what she says moments with friends um where some where i don't think any of her friends meant it in that way but grace did and i think it's because to her hudson's still very real because she can see him in her mind to everyone else he's just like a figment of like the past that he he's just a kind of yeah boogie monster this is this is like in the corner this is like a weird comparison, but I, I know that we have like a few like mom listeners out there and it's very <laughs> much the same when you're pregnant. Like you, when it's the child is in you, you know that it's a person and in your brain, like it's a person, but no one else really treats you like there's a person in you. Like even if, if it's like a first time pregnancy, like your spouse, it's like this abstract concept to them where they're just that like the baby they, can like actually change your moods and make you hungry yeah and give you gas and all of this and it's like still it's a manifestation of an actual person inside yeah you. this is this is Act, like acting out how they would feel as another human we just can't see them exactly exactly it's it feels very much the same so and it's it's very frustrating <laughs> When you're like, oh, I don't feel good because the person inside me is throwing a fit. They're they're kicking and and moving, and everybody's like, oh, you'll be fine. You want you want some water? <laughs> no, it's like no, I don't want some water. I want some pickle and peanut butter. <laughs> I was a I was a pickle pregnancy person. You're still uh, a pickle person. A pickle person. I'm a pickle person. But um, yeah, pickle scholar. I- <laughs> I feel like I feel like everybody, every encounter over these few chapters, anytime she brings him up, everybody's like someone as evil as Hudson, someone as oh, yeah. evil. He's they so- all have their like preconceptions of him. And the problem is Hudson keeps on like saying, No, like you don't know me, um, sure, paint me as the bad guy. But he never actually sits Grace down and explains anything. So Grace has nothing to go on except what other people have already said about him. Because he's not exactly, he's not pleading his case. Yeah, because then he owns it. He'll, she'll say one thing or he'll hear someone call him evil, but then he'll say something that, where he's being sarcastic about it, but he's not like, he doesn't always deny it. So it's, it. Yeah, it yeah. leaves you a little I f- confused. I feel like it's like it's a little like domestic like dispute. It's like, oh yeah, sure. Paint me as the bad guy. Yeah. You be the victim, sure. Like I feel like it's a very domestic situation where he's like heard it so many times that he's just like, Oh, for God's sake, stop gaslighting everybody around you to make me be- like into this bad guy and no one's even asked me. No no one's asked me why I did the things that I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah. Ev- everybody's just really concerned about him being inside Grace, 
But actually, Grace hasn't really explained how he's appearing to her. Um, especially, like, Jackson seems to be very... No, he's not happy. He's not happy that this is a thing, that that Hudson, his brother, is there <laughs> with Grace, like, talking to her. But she's like, he's not in me. He's not inside me, like, speaking from within me. I can literally see him there in a suit, walking <laughs> around, talking to me, interacting with the world. He is giving me answers to questions in class. He he isn't just like a figment because I feel like the way that Grace thought of him up until that point was just an extension of her own memories of him. Like he wasn't actually able to interact with the world and have his own thoughts and his own feelings and his own history and his own like memories. So that when the teacher does ask a question, he can come up with the answer because he is not Grace. Right. And I think that's the first time where she's like, oh, actually, like, we aren't the same person. We, we, he hears my thoughts and he can understand them and he knows maybe a bit too much intimately about me. But he is his own person. Yeah. Or I, um, is that him coming down with coffee? He already did. Oh. <laughs> he did. That's why we were, that's why if you heard me chuckling at a point when there was no reason to chuckle, he was trying to sneak past me very quietly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Oh, I, I'm, I'm trying to see. So Theory of Flight was the first class, right? No, it was um, it was after the Salem Witch Trials. Okay. So, she's, she's, um, so she meets Flint, and Flint is in this class, and he is just completely like baffled by the fact that Hudson sat in a chair in a classroom and is like living and breathing. He just can't see him. He's really spooked by it. Yeah. Um, and, and then, uh, yeah, yeah. She gets asked about a question about the Salem witch trials. Like what was the true reason behind or the true culprit behind them? I just want to know like why. And it's, it seems to be a trend when something um, very traumatizing has happened to a main character and they are still like of school age the teachers are just absolutely ruthless with that <laughs> like yeah, they, there is they... yeah there's no sympathy i'm like you know how um you know how like deaf people have the card that they can carry around that they can give to people like you know that says like hello <laughs> my name is blah, blah blah i am deaf um yeah I, I feel like Grace needs one of those. Hello, my name is Grace. I have a sentient being living inside my brain. Occasionally. And an anxiety disorder. And an anxiety disorder. Please be patient with me. Please stop doing things that are going to turn me into a walking mess. Um, <laughs> so what, what, what I wanted to know, though, was what all did you learn about the Salem witch trials in, um, you know, across the uh pond? absolutely nothing really um everything everything that we know about the salem witch trials is like from like movies um and like documentaries that we may have like happened across on like tv um like we know that it's in massachusetts uh i don't know the date but some people would uh and then that's about it yeah uh, that, so, like, <laughs> that that was like a whole big thing that we had to learn about starting. I think we learned about it in middle school 
um, they they spent a lot of time talking about the Salem witch trials. And I mean, in reality, like, yeah, it, it's sad. Like, I am not denying that it is sad. It is messed up. Like, all these women were put to death and most of them, like, you know, there were a couple, I'm sure there were a couple that were like, ooh, I am a witch, you know, just to try to be spooky. But most of these women are like, they know they're going to die. They're denying it. They're like, I I have no idea. Like, yeah, oh, they were she's usually g- ahead of their times as well. They were usually women who knew how to use herbs to heal people. Right. Or they could read they, or, you know, just. Yeah. It was absolutely. had an affinity with animals and apparently fed them from like a nipple on their body. Yeah, just, <laughs> just, you know, just women who were who were showing intelligence that mm-hmm. people deemed you know, oh that's that is they didn't follow the norm they usually weren't like married they usually were spinsters and lived on their own because uh, they didn't want to conform to normal life like all of that all of the outcasts everyone yeah but the thing is like it was really really sad and quite a few Men and women died. Men died as well. Men were men were accused of being witches. Um, I'm gonna Google it though. How many people died during the Salem witch trials? Because it wasn't very many. No, well, the, the, oh. the witch trials on the in themselves were huge and went across all the way over the country. I think the Salem witch trials were only famous because of specific reasons it wasn't because of the number of people who died yeah it was tw- it was 25 um 25 people were killed during the witch trials in salem all 19 who were executed through hanging or uh hanging died at proctor's ledge five others died in jail and one was crushed to death which i had to watch like this weird creepy dick documentary like with reenactments i remember being in middle school and they like showed the them laying like the board or i think it was a man actually they laid like the board on him and then started piling the stones on the board and crushed him to death and it traumatized me yeah. as a child but yeah like what do you think about it like for the salem witch trials for that to be the one that stands out the most and there were 25 people yeah compared to, compared to the whole spanish inquisition that went around and actually like did the trials by fire trials by drowning trials by like stoning all of the things were like it is actually impossible to survive yeah because if you survive then you're a witch and you get executed and if you don't survive and drown yeah well you were admonished from being a witch but you were still dead right right and and I think that we did similar things with the Salem witch trials. I think that we did like do crazy like tests. They just weren't as as insane as that. But um, w- what I'm mainly getting at is that it's crazy that that in America, like that's what we focus on. And maybe it's because it's one of the main tragedies that we had in America, where you know it was just like, wow, that was a bad judgment call. Um, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was Salem itself as well. The name Salem just scre- like screams occult well salem and i mean it's also it's it's turned into quite the quite the profitable tourist attraction oh yeah for massachusetts you know people they do like the the overnight things that you can like do like tours and ghost tours and stuff like but when you think about it i mean 25 people like i know 25 people that have died of covid like i i could i could name 25 people that i know that have died recently so it's not 
I think it's just the shock factor there of how how brutal it was. Just like if, you know, a, a murder or a serial killer kills 25 people, like, you know, you remember the ones that do it in the brutal ways. I'm sure that there are plenty out there who shot 25 people and no one really remembers their names. But the ones who eat 25 people or <laughs> disembowel oh, yeah. 25 people, those are the ones that you make movies about. So anyway, I just thought it was interesting and I wasn't sure if you guys learned anything about it aside what's, you know, what's kind of portrayed in, in media. But yeah, we have a whole The section. thing is, though, we can go like, oh, yes, yeah, Salem, Massachusetts. We as a nation have absolutely no idea where Massachusetts even is. It's the um remember the the guy frying the chicken? Yes. In the map. It's part of the yes. I'm, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure Massachusetts is part of our little man frying the chicken. I can't remember what all <laughs> Kentucky's obviously the chicken. I can't remember. Of course. Um I'll have to. But yeah, like it's it's the kind of thing that like there are certain place names that like you just know where it is. You can like state the state afterwards, but that's only because whenever we hear you guys speak or say a location, it's always followed by the state. Yeah, <laughs> and it's be it, and I guess it's because your country is so large, and you probably have. There's like imagine Springfield. Like somebody says like, "Well, where are you from?" and you say Springfield. There is a multiple of Springfields in every state. Yeah. So you have to say which state, otherwise people get lost. Oh, yeah. And it's not just like an hour or two lost. Unless, it's, well, unless it's I'm just a, like... like a week lost. If they say, where are you from? And I say Springfield, I'm like, oh, the the, the dirty one. They're like, oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> the one that is just only ghetto, that's the one that I'm from, which it's, um, it's declining as drug use starts running rampant. So I think that that's a, a good way to describe it. I think that we made like a top 10 list of the 10 most depressing cities in the United States. <laughs> wow. We've... See, like, I, I also know Massachusetts because there's an and over there. And every time I like Google, like, I don't know, coffee shops in Andover, it <laughs> comes up with Massachusetts. And I'm like, this is not good for me. I don't, I don't want to travel there. Yeah, I don't think that there's other than other than Salem. I can't tell you anything super fun to see in Massachusetts and <laughs> Boston. Oh boy! <laughs> Sorry to all our <laughs> listeners from Boston, but I'm sure you can agree. Oh boy, <laughs> that's where the tea comes from, right? Uh, yeah. Mm, that's where you dumped the tea. Ah, uh, you know what? You're right. It, it's a coastal state, which means it's not part of the Kentucky. I think is the farthest point in the man frying chicken that it goes, so it wouldn't be part. <laughs> the man frying chicken. <laughs> yeah. If you guys Google man frying chicken U.S. map, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. For some reason, I thought that it was over farther, but it can't be because Kentucky's the farthest. Anyway, back to the speak. Speaking of a uh, other U.S. states, <laughs> we find out that there are um two at least two other schools um across the u.s uh so apparently there is a school in hawaii um for selkies sirens mermaids and nereids nereid nereids nereid nerds 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 so what did you know what that was no but i'm about to google it it's it's a it's a water nymph or a sea nymph. Like it looks like a mermaidy kind of thing. Uh -huh. I had to Google it because I was like, "What the hell is a nereid? And when do we get to meet one?" I think that a book about like 
Oh, okay. Oh, so they're like made of water. They are like straight up water. They're pretty cool, like elemental kind of thing. Yeah, they don't have like, they've got like legs. They don't have tails like mermaids. So, okay. I would think that a book about that school would be fun simply because like you could do so much. I mean, it would be hard because I know that Tracy wouldn't want to like write in and do like what uh, Stephanie Meyer did where she tried to like write in an entire culture and just butchered it. And obviously, (laughs) but I think that a book, I mean, she could even get help um, from some like Hawaiian natives, but writing a book that like incorporates in like the culture and just the Mm -hmm. overall vibes of like that school in Hawaii. Because I mean, you don't get a lot. super tropical compared to Alaska as well. So like Alaska, as much as you can like write about it, it is just a vast expanse of snow. Yeah, it's just cold. Like the, you have the Aurora Borealis, you have the mountains, some mountainous terrain and forest and wildlife. And that's really it. There's not a whole lot. I mean, we've got like a military base up there. I've got a lot of friends who have been stationed in Alaska, but yeah, they're like the the American Canadians up in the corner. That, <laughs> but yeah, ima- imagine the colors that she would get to write in about all of Hawaii and all of like the mermaids and the water oh. elementals and and things like that. And the the story of selkies is fascinating. I love them. Um, the fact that like they have a fur coat that they can put back on, and that's how they get access to the sea but certain men will like store their fur coat and not allow them back into the water because it like is to be coveted and things like that like i i love i love all of this like lore and fantasy i'm all but yeah and I, I was also thinking of a spin-off you know fanfic with lilo and stitch it's gonna be great <laughs> <laughs> i think that that would that would be fun we could even they could incorporate in the um they could incorporate in spam to all of the, uh, you know, the the school um, cafeteria, because you know the you know the the spam in Hawaii thing, right? Like canned spam. No, I no. Oh my god, they love spam. Oh, like cans of spam. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, isn't it? Isn't it British? Is spam British? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a yeah. great export. <laughs> but they that is like their favorite thing. You can get anything. You can get sandwiches. You can just get fried spam. It's a breakfast food. It's everything over there. I'm sure that somebody listening from Hawaii is just like they're either nodding their head in agreement and they're like, we don't really eat spam. But <laughs> but no, I, I, I it's, it's I've a myth had, we've been pushing out. <laughs> I've had friends who have been stationed over there um, because you know my my husband was in the Air Force and everybody who's been stationed over there they're like, yeah, spam. It's everywhere. Like it's it's just. You know how when you came to Ohio and it was all like chili spaghetti and chili dogs? Yeah. Yeah. It's that's spam and pineapple. Spam and pineapple. So um <laughs> and then we hear about it's our, our spam Vegas. and pineapple pizza. <laughs> oh no. We hear about the school in Vegas. Yeah, we don't we don't really get much information other than the fact that I think it's called Cerulean. And um because I was like, it says Las Vegas has Ceralean, which is a school for succubi. But I didn't know whether like Ceralean was the name of the school, whether the Ceralean was a place in Las Vegas. Because Las no. Vegas is pretty big. I thought that um, that was like the like the race of creatures. Well, I don't know. I mean, I can Google now. 
But I, I just assumed because it had a capital letter that oh. it was the name of the school. Um, and then I looked back through and tried to see whether the Hawaiian school had a name and, and it wasn't mentioned. Hmm. Vegas yeah, would be, I, I mean, there are be, areas of Vegas, cool. like there are, I, I've driven in that area before. Um, haven't haven't stayed but have driven right through it and there's like areas with normal neighborhoods but for the most part i mean vegas i'm just trying to figure out like are they would it be like in in vegas vegas like because if so that would be i don't know that would be one hella expensive school. Kids would be getting in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> like there's, they're, they'd have to gamble to be able to pay off. There's, there's gambling there and prostitution, and I mean, what well, are these, yeah, there's succubi. Like, what are these kids getting themselves into? Like, yeah, and I'm also like, okay, so we've got we've got the vampire law has been kind of not not flipped on its head, but it has been slightly adapted to kind of make them not safer, but easier to live with that's it um succubi are supposed to like suck your soul out whilst they have sex with you sex and i'm just one and i'm just wondering how that works for ch children i mean maybe they all like does does it happen when they're older like that's not something that they can eat they have chastity when belts they're a on. child <laughs> They all have to wear their special chastity belt. I don't know. Like maybe I'm, they feed off of sexual energy and don't have to take part. I don't. Are they voyeurs? They have a they have a special tea that they drink. Amber. <laughs> special. Yes. And also, like Hudson only mentions succubi. What other creatures would be matched well in a school? That's it. They they can That's only they match have. them with each other because. Of all the casualties, you know, the last time they tried to incorporate in some other kids, like, they they ran into complications, Amber, don't you see? <laughs> and then, Yeah, you don't want Succubi and Incubi to be together. Either. Oh, no, that would just, you wouldn't have a school anymore. It would, they'd just. It would be a crash. They'd cancel, they'd cancel each other <laughs> It'd be out. nursery school. <laughs> um, and then Texas has the, the delinquent school, and I. Are we that getting Cole's that one with Remy? Is that what we're what she's covering in Remy's book? I really hope so because it sounds cool as shit. Oh God, I want them big. I want like big text to be because I lived in Texas for for a while, and I am just I want big text with his ten gallon hat to walk and be like, <laughs> all right now, kids. Today and we it's from and it's where Tracy is from, so you know she's gonna write the state well. Oh yeah, we're gonna do you some learning today. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, I'm ready for it. I think, and and then having Remy being the rootinest, tootinest cowboy in the wild, wild do you west. Do you, do you reckon he's going to teach Cole a lesson? Oh, Cole's there too. Yeah, that's how we knew about the delinquent school because oh. that was where he was sent. Oh, I'm so excited. That dirty, dirty bastard. It's going to be fun. I, I hope that that's what because <laughs> that's I think that's the summary that we got for the for Remy's book. So I'm I'm all for it. Um, yeah. So they keep referring. <laughs> they keep referring to um, Grace keeps referring to Hudson's British stiff upper lip. Uh huh. Are, do you read that and know exactly what she's talking about, or is that like? Because if I read something, it was like, oh, that American. I don't know. I can't even think of. 
floppy bottom lip. A boppy bottom lip? Like what? <laughs> right, the British stiff upper lip. Does that... Yeah. You understand? Like immediately? It's just like, yeah. It, yeah. And, and to be honest, I don't think I can even explain it to you because it's just a... Tra- like I said, tradition. It's a, it's a culture thing. It's the like... I'm better than you. I don't even know whether it's that. <laughs> um, it's... It's just they're like, I don't want to show any emotions. Yeah. I, I've gotten that from you guys. Um, I think. It's very... I don't know. Here it's like... How do I explain it? It's like everybody in the US, not everybody, but like... We see... The Brits is just being like prim and proper and oh, so much better than all of oh no no it's, you it's like it's um it's like not showing any fear in the face of adversity like um so when you google it it says a person who is said to have a stip off a lip displays fortitude and stoicism in the face of adversity uh exercises great self-restraint in the expression of emotion um the phrase is most commonly heard as part of the idiom keep a stiff upper lip and traditionally been used to describe an attitude of british people in remaining resolute and unemotional when faced with adversity a sign of fear is the trembling of the upper lip hence the staying keep a stiff one so we're Um, the u.s we're trembling up (coughs) upper lippers see that made me cough (laughs) i I couldn't even get it out it was so disgusting no yeah, so it, like there are some examples. Um, so like uh, captains going down with their ships, um, calmly assessing injuries that he'd lost his leg uh, to the Duke of Wellington of being hit with a cannonball, um, things like that. But yeah, um, and uh, it's a, <laughs> what's really funny is uh, see also always look on the bright side of life, which is from the life of Brian, um, one of the uh monty python sketches and also hakuna batata (laughs) (coughs) i keep every time i try to take a drink of coffee you make me laugh and then i snort my coffee (laughs) every single time it's happened like twice now um yeah it it literally it it means that like if we're upset we try to not show it and we, we come across quite aloof and it's not in the way of like we are better than you. It's the we don't want to show that you have struck made a us nerve. Sad. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what it means, but maybe it didn't come across in the book. Like Hudson Hudson is he's clearly hurt and really trying not to show just how much. Yeah. I took it as kind of hurting. I, I kind of did it as like took it as the opposite. Like he's snooty, but he's he's proud. So he's trying to like he's proud like proud is a good word. He's pouting in a proud way. He's like trying to not yeah. show that he's pouting, but he's clearly pouting. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we have our favorite our favorite line of the book. Yes, which is in theory of flight. So um, yeah, she she goes to the theory of flight lesson and realizes that she cannot keep up with the lecturer which is really funny considering like it's the one thing that she should be really good at but she doesn't know how to fly yet and uh, she asks flint to take her on uh flying lessons which is like i, f- I feel like everything is an innuendo like she, she's like asking for trouble like <laughs> she's walking I right into know. the jokes yeah 
just stupid like do you want to ride my dragon it's like oh yeah i want to ride your dragon (laughs) (laughs) and um her and hudson are having this discussion as to whether jackson can actually fly also we also find out that hudson had aced this class before but we don't find out why no she asks him whether he can fly he's like what like my precious brother and uh yeah she's like he can fly and he's like nah barely he can float like a blimp <laughs> I, when I, I i read it like you know the the like a boss song yeah it's you gotta sing it but like a blimp someone needs to re-record oh, that for me and <laughs> do it as like a blimp change the words if See, you, all I have is, yeah, I'm Jackson, I'm a blimp. We, uh, <laughs> you got to give some context to that. Maybe I'll... Yeah, uh, you still got the video? I do still have the video. I also have the video of the parrot saying, bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, we were, um, at, um, we were at this Christmas light display and there was a miniature village with a little Goodyear blimp, and we decided to record it. And you know what's funny is Amber Amber did all the sound effects. The I'm yep. Jackson. You had no idea what I was going to say. I was like, so just just record it, just record it. Ready, ready. <laughs> <laughs> and Tracy <laughs> Tracy shared it. <laughs> yeah, so she must it was, have thought it was, it, great. Was, it was a great day. <laughs> she must have thought it was funny. I'll I'll try to that in, and, insert that it in the here. gargoyle video. Look at me, I'm a gargoyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to um. I'll try to insert it in here. Jackson, Jackson's going like a blimp. And hopefully I was able to find it, but I think it's still on my phone. Um, <laughs> let's see. I, I'm trying to. So the, the next comment is specifically about the way that they are arguing in the art room about the color black. <laughs> And how they are winding each other up. On purpose. And how, yeah, on purpose. And like Grace is sneaking looks at him when she thinks that he's not looking. And he's still like, he's smiling. He's grinning because they have such good banter and they know that neither of them mean it. And I think it's just him just being happy that he's got someone to talk to because actually Grace is the only one he can talk to right now. He can't speak to anybody else, even if he wanted to. Um, so that, that, that comes across as like, oh, he's, he's enjoying speaking to someone after however many weeks of death. And then he has however many months with Grace in the gargoyle. So he's, he's getting that taste of companionship again. And then she goes back and he can't speak to her for however long. I think it was like two, three days of just shouting to avoid. And I think that it is him just like being just insanely happy that he has her to talk to again. Yeah. But it's always in like jest. It's like them, they're taking the piss out of each other and it's great. I think that if, I think that if this, and it's one of those things where a lot of people who read it, I don't think that they're catching what's actually taking place like they're seeing what's going on on the surface but they're not realizing that it's joking because i've seen a mm-hmm. lot of people that are like upset because they say like oh my god that's so annoying like how he's micromanaging and you know like they they take it as he's actually getting pissy about her artwork and you know but 
you you it's almost like you have to catch like those those little bits and pieces to- it is reading between the lines of how human relationships work and sometimes arguing is better than silence as a example of chemistry yeah because like despite the fact that their relationship currently is there there is a catalyst there of them both kind of sniping at each other and being snarky and sarcastic at each other and and genuinely there there is just arguing constantly but then you go to the like juxtaposition of when she meets with Jackson and it's just such a flop. It's so bland. Like it felt it felt like a lot in the first book because it was new, but by the second book there's just so little going on between them that you realize that that chemistry is like not there. And an- another yeah. thing, this is like a nice little tip for anybody who's in like that long-term relationship. I'm I'm old as dirt apparently, because I've, <laughs> I've been with my partner for 12 years. Um, but what we do and what Amber gets to hear every time that we're about to start recording as we're doing our sound checking is, Bickering. yeah, we make up fake fights. And if we seriously get on each other's nerves, rather than saying something truly mean, we yell at each other by saying the Untruths. most ridiculous thing that comes to mind, that absolute nonsense. And even if we really get in a fight, one of us will usually yell something that is absolute nonsense. Like, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be like, I am going to shit in your pillowcase. Like, and it, <laughs> and and then we'll just start going back and forth. Just It sh- breaks up the tension. It does. And it, it gets ridiculous. Like, we will just go until one of us cannot think of anything funnier to say. Um but it's a good way to resolve real arguments. And that's kind of how I read this, where they're just arguing about something that doesn't matter at all. It's not like they're, you know, in a real mm. argument, you're arguing about something that has high stakes, something that someone feels emotionally passionate about, something that could hurt the other person. And you know, and you know, because it's not a spoiler, but when um, when they do argue later on about things that really, truly matter... The other one shuts up. Yeah. And they listen. This is bickering because the topic of the conversation isn't useful. It's yeah. just a way to con- like communicate with each other. Exactly. Yeah. And if and if you can't take out your own frustrations on the person that you live with, whether you are frustrated with them or an external thing that is irritating you, then who are you going to take your frustrations out on? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I I know that there are so many times when I have sniped and I have snarked at my husband and I've said, look, it is not you that I am annoyed at. I am annoyed at something else and I have no outlet for it. And he will pick up on it and he will, he will join in and he will just make sure that I get, like, I vent that out. And it will be through humour. It will be through just taking the piss out of each other. Um... And one of one of the things that can immediately break my tension is your mum jokes because he knows I absolutely hate my mum. <laughs> and I don't care. Like everybody else in the world, like if you use your mum jokes, it's an immediate insult. But your mum jokes for me crack me up because they mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> in fact, I then try and one-up him and go, well, we know. We know she is. <laughs> it's like your mum is so hairy and I'm like, oh, she is a carpet. Like... <laughs> It's great. 
because like it immediately breaks the tension yeah those are that's that's like not insulting my mum because he wants to upset me (laughs) now these are i will say that these are like advanced relationship tips so if you're very specific to us yeah if you're fresh in a relationship don't insult someone's mom even if you know they don't like them like have that talk ahead of time with them you know make sure you sit down Mm -hmm. and say this is something that i feel like would strengthen our relationship in those moments when we cannot stop from bickering at each other can we just start being silly like propose the idea and see see what they think and obviously some personality types aren't going to click with this but if you've got a really silly relationship it sometimes it helps to be able to yell sometimes it helps to be able to shout and get mad but if what you're saying is com- like what's coming out of your mouth is just nonsensical it, it can help but anyway it let's... also also helps to always apologize yes as well like even if you know that you were in the right and they were in the wrong apologize for the way that you handled the situation if it turned into an argument because clearly you weren't right enough for there to be an end of a discussion it was maybe you didn't see their side maybe you took the wrong intention of the conversation like there there was one the other day and it sounds really bad to anybody else externally out of the conversation but inside scott's mind he thought it was fine and he said when we have kids, I'm going to bring my daughter up so that she knows how to use power tools because I don't want her to be useless. And I went, <laughs> wait, hold on. Are you say what? Are you saying that I'm useless because I don't know how to use power tools? And he goes, no, I didn't say that at all. And I'm like, but, but you did. And it started a whole argument and, and everybody at the table was just, they nobody joined in. Nobody joined in and like <laughs> sided with me. And in the end, like, I, I apologized and I was like, oh, like, I'm sorry for like arguing, but I really did. I, t- I took offense. I took offense to what you said because it made me feel like if I don't know how to use power tools, I have no value. And he went, no, I didn't mean that at all. We all say things that are just stupid. Like everybody, n- nobody's perfect. I never, I don't like to blame someone for what they've said when it comes out of their mouth the first time, it's how they react after they've said something stupid. If their eyes get really big and they realize like, ah, that, 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 like oopsie. Ca- that came out totally wrong. That is not how I meant to say that. Like, I'm not quick-witted. I'm not good at arguments. I would prefer to, if I'm having a legitimate like argument with someone, I would rather do it like through texts. In fact, if my husband and I actually have like a legit argument argument where we need to like battle it out, we will usually sit in different rooms and message each other back and forth because I'm not quick-witted enough. And at least if I'm typing out a message, then I can go back, revise, make sure I'm happy with what I'm saying, have time to think about it. And then I don't send or say things just out of emotion. But, you know, that whole like, well, if you said it, then you must be thinking it. Like, no, that's not how it works because I have said some really, really dumb things just not thinking about how it would sound yeah. when it left my mouth. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was just like a yeah, like chemistry and the banter between them is just ten tenfold what is currently happening with her and Jackson, and you can just see it carrying on. And it and if she truly wanted to kiss Jackson, it wouldn't matter what Hudson thought of it. Yeah. She would just do it. 
Um, and uh, yeah, while she while she's painting, he seems to have this like weird reaction to it, which we'll go to in spoilers if you haven't read past it. But he he seems to almost recognize what she's painting, and have a special connection with it. Um, and he does he he flubs he he has a little bit of a blip where he realizes that he lets on a bit too much. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was like a really cute scene where he is like momentarily lost for words. <laughs> and uh, for Hudson, that's um, very special. It's like the first time too that like he's literally like yeah. his emotions show through. That's yeah. Um, um, and and then we have the tunnel scene. Tunnel scene. Yeah, Jackson. Ja- well, Grace realizes that Jackson has been messaging her nonstop. He started by telling, yeah. like, doing some jokes, and then he's like, "Wait, I'm I'm kind of worried about you because she's almost an hour late for their their study session." And you know, my thought is like, why didn't he call her? <laughs> like, why did these? Why are they just relying on messaging? Like, I'm definitely a message me before you call me type person. But if you're worried about someone, call call them. Don't send messages saying i'm worried because you're not responding try calling them because she probably would have heard a phone ringing that's that's just me i do that with my husband though like i message him and go like hey i'm ready hello (laughs) and then i'll say something completely irrelevant because i'm like oh maybe he doesn't want to talk to me about this thing or maybe he's changed his mind so I, i did the joke thing like i'll do the joke thing that daxon does where he just inserts a silly joke and then he's like wait are you asleep? Are you okay? Hello? All these separate messages, but I'll never call because I like have call anxiety. <laughs> with your husband? Yeah, like with everybody. It's just like, well, I don't want to get stuck into a conversation. What if he's driving? What if he's driving? That's why he can't answer his phone. That's why he can't message me. Oh, God. Like, I don't want to cause an accident because I call him and he's like, oh, no, I've not messaged my wife back. This is the most important call of my life to answer. <laughs> oh, I'm dead. Oh, now I died. I drove into a tree. I... Call anxiety is real. <laughs> that's that's some severe call anxiety. Oh yeah. Yep. I think about it when I call like a like a takeout restaurant and I'm like, okay, but what if they're cooking? And so it's like they're different people. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want them to burn themselves because they're answering the phone. <laughs> what if they trip over a plate? And he's like, they're different people. <laughs> like, what if I get my order wrong and then they cook the wrong thing and then I ruin their day? <laughs> uh, cool anxiety is a real thing, guys. Mine isn't that bad. I, I don't like making calls for myself, but I will if I have to. Um. <laughs> so... Another little thing that I, I I wasn't a huge fan of was the whole graduation thing. Like, what do you? I, I'll go wherever you go. Like, yeah, I'm all. I I always hate that. Like, especially when it's with someone that you know you haven't been with for very long. I mean, if you've got a long-standing relationship with somebody, it's different. But her and Jackson have not been together that long, and they're still like, I'll go wherever you go. I have no plans. I will just. We have follow. the rest of our lives. Our rest of our lives, even though we've only collectively known each other for like two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) What I did like was Jackson owning the fact that he didn't know what he wanted to do. 
um I see so many like teenagers and kids going through education, getting to that point where they're like reaching the next stage in their education. They're graduating. We don't call it graduating until you go to university. Um, so it's very strange when you hear people say graduating before that. Um, like graduation for us is like the, you're at the final stage of your education and right. now you're wearing a silly hat and... <laughs> have a roll of paper in your hand that means you have a degree like nothing before that has ever been the silly hat and the roll of paper um which is actually a pipe if anybody knows that that's, uh, that's a little bit of trivia that if you go for university you don't actually hold your certificate in your your photos they give you a pvc pipe to hold because <laughs> they don't want it crinkled <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, so when they're talking about graduation, it's so nice to actually read when somebody's like, I don't actually know what I want to do yet. And that's okay. So many kids are pressured into making decisions. And that is because at the next stage, you do have to kind of make your time count. Um, like you have to make sure that the choices that you make in your like course structure, the um, majors and minors that you choose, you have to, to do it like correctly. Otherwise, it was going to be a waste of time and money when you get to the end stage and you go, oh, no, I wanted to be a doctor and I've failed. Oh. But it was really nice to just read like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do yet because it's a big decision for kids to have to make. And despite the fact that he is like 150 years old, he's still a teenager and he's still got all of these like options for himself. A but teenager that can that live forever. A teenager that can live forever. He could do whatever he wants. But then Grace is like, I'll go with you. And it's yeah. like, oh, woman. Right. Maybe she, like, she does, she never says, I also don't know what I want. Like, should we work this out together? Like, what are our strengths? But it's like just going to be, I'll follow you and do whatever you want. Um, and when she discusses the fact that like he can live forever again, that could have been an opening for that conversation of, I don't know if I'm going to live forever. What What is our long-term plan? Like, I'm going to die eventually. She, she just doesn't. She's like burying her head in the sand and pretending it's okay. But then, then she comes up with the best line and it's just thinking of Jackson as like an 18 year old wearing diapers and, and then thinking of Hudson. Hudson and then thinking of Hudson and Hudson's like, Ooh, kinky. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, as we know, it was, great, it was a great scene. As we know, as being Etsy sellers, that's a very, Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's a very valid kink. It's a very, very a... popular kink. Very popular. Yep. Like we, we have to lucrative. <laughs> no, no kink shaming there. It is one of the most trendy kinks, though, because we get to see the data on what people search for on Etsy, and it is lots of lots of aliens. Yes, and that... dinosaurs. Yes, yes, dinosaurs, dragons. aliens, and um, dragons, and baby wolves, and wolves, wolves. Lots of um, what are they called, mating fists or whatever. Oh no! <laughs> On that note, do you uh, want to get knots? Into... Oh, oh well, the I knots. guess knots. Yeah. One more. One more point. Um, yeah. So she gets to the end of the tunnel, and then she realizes that she's not just like stood Jackson up for like a study date. She's actually stood him up for a date date, which he has like hired out the library he has put like little twinkly lights up and candles and like 
He's made her a dinner and she's like, oh, shit. And then Hudson ruins the moment. He's like, well, isn't this cozy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, and and we also get the first time that he refers to him as Jaxie Waxy. So uh, I'm looking forward to the continuation of that nickname. Jaxie Waxy. We have a we do have guys on the, our YouTube channel at if you search Crave the Book Podcast on YouTube and you go into our ASMR playlist, we do have a study date in the library with Jackson to listen to while you read. Our ASMRs are 30 minutes long. Uh, they post every Sunday other than this last Sunday. I realized that I did not end up posting one on Sunday, so I need to do a makeup one. I've been sick, in case you guys haven't noticed from my voice. Um, But yeah, (laughs) different ASMRs. Go listen to them while you read or study. I'm going to add Hawaii school of water to (laughs) ASMR. I'm not sure how it will be different to just a beach scene, but I think we could probably have like some siren songs, um, some dolphins. (laughs) All I can think about is you singing the the Twilight Have I Found You <laughs> Oh, we should do the Lilo and Stitch theme on the background. <laughs> yep. Butcher some Hawaiian. I don't know what the language is. Is it is it Hawaiian? Is there a name for the language? Um I don't want to speak my ignorance here, so... Oh, no, me neither. That's why I'm panicking. <laughs> I'm, at, um, I'm from Ohio, which is about as far away from Hawaii as I could probably be, aside from, you but know... But not phonetically. No. I'm, I'm, Ohio, I'm, Hawaii. Ohio, Hawaii. 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 <laughs> On that note, let's get into spoilers, since we've been recording for over an hour now and we still have quite a few spoilers to get through this has been more of like our relationship psa episode because so little happened. as always yeah <laughs> all right um tacos that was your note i i don't know why well um so grace has um a turkey sandwich at the blood letters cave and she says uh to jackson like this may be my new favorite meal and he asks, oh, so what would be the old one then? And um, she says tacos. And within 24 hours, he manages to get her tacos in the middle of Alaska uh, for a date. So um, that yeah, ain't beef. Just was, that ain't really, beef really on those tacos. <laughs> that's, that's some bear. Uh, <laughs> that's elk. I was like, literally within 24 hours, maybe even less. Because she she comes back from the, so she eats the sandwich she then sleeps eight hours, but then has a full day, and he says that he'll meet her at five. So maybe less than 24 hours, and he's found her some tacos. Yeah. Found, he fa- found ran, her he ran, some tacos. He, he ran somewhere, faded, <laughs> and got her tacos. Um, and then also the fact that, like, Hudson, like, really insults these tacos he's like he got you meat (laughs) but then at the same time he realizes in the ethereum in the pit he he smell he she smells tacos and he's like how many tacos do you want do you want like 10 10 of them i'll i'll I'll, I'll do i'll do that i'll one up jackson's stupid little library date (laughs) because i laughed i forgot about that scene i laughed so hard he's like how many do you want five ten 
yeah I just I love the fact that like tacos seem to be a re- like a recurring theme throughout and it was well, yeah. just really she said really that they're quite... her her favorite <laughs> yeah um so my little note for this section was that like I know that there's a magic to Grace falling for Hudson twice I know that yep. there's like a magic for you know the the whole it's like destiny like oh she fell for him once while in the gargoyle but the fact that she was able to organically do it all over again just proves that there's chemistry and that they're meant to be together however mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of this pain and hardship and wasting of time you know, if if Hudson would have just sat down on day one and been like, "Look," <laughs> sat on <laughs> sat on her bed and been like, "Here is took the f- it took her he took her to his lair." Yeah, you know? here's the full story. Here is the time that we spent together. I have proof. Here are a bunch of your childhood memories. I don't have any ill intent. I want to help. Like everybody yeah. has had this all wrong about me. Like, Grace seems, I mean, yeah, she can be pretty irrational, but she also seems to give people the benefit of the doubt as well. Yeah, so. she she always seems to does, like, she looks at everybody and kind of can, can see that they could be a good person. Yeah. She does look, I mean, she's done it with Flint, and Flint tried to kill her. Like, she's already... Yeah, out- and also the fact that, like, she is not immediately... Like, Despite the fact that Hudson is in her head and he's being really annoying, she could just completely blank him. If she had the strongest willpower in the world and just went, you are an evil person and I will take no part in listening to you because I know everything that spouts out of your mouth is evil. If she fully believed it, he wouldn't have had a chance because she would have ignored everything. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that you're right, is that there is a really cute kind of build to um to reconciling the relationship and realizing that it it can happen again especially for Hudson like he didn't force the matter he didn't force her to love him but when she chose him again in the at the end of her cover like just that feeling Aww. of knowing that like he 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 won her he he got her back despite the fact that they were at the odds of her going back and realizing that she was still mated to Jackson. Yeah. My my other my my issue is it's like so at the end of court we find out what his promise is. But then we also find out immediately after she regains all of her memories. What triggered that? Because it couldn't have been the promise because she didn't have the memories before the promise. So it couldn't have been that. Like what was it? I don't know. I I've wondered that too. It like happened out of nowhere. She just she's just like oh, I remember everything. <laughs> like my 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 mind was like maybe it was because like because I thought oh maybe the blood letter put that like that block up for her like so that she didn't remember because her blood letter likes to meddle in things. Um, and I was like, what if like it it got reset the moment that the blood letter was free. And I'm like, no, because it happens a few weeks later after she's already like moved and graduated and is happy living in San Diego. Like it's not correlated to anything that we know of is physically happening. Yeah. 
unless because she also doesn't hear what he promises when he is promising her. I'm wondering whether it is something that that he said recurringly throughout those four months. And he said it at the fourth, like when he he gave her the solely promise ring and it was just blanked from her memory. Like it was almost like she wasn't allowed to remember that he said it. It was like a mental block. You know, when I read the scene... I, when I reread the scene of them in the Soli tree yeah. shop, whatever, and he's giving her the promise ring, the way that she describes her mind going blurry, like you had said that like she gets all yeah. goo goo eyes for him, but it almost seems like she's under some type of like spell. Yeah, because she like literally mm-hmm. says that she goes like bleary eyed and everything gets fuzzy. And then she's like, "What? What? What? Yeah, like it was." And everybody in the room, everybody in the room heard what he promised because the the lady who made us uh, was like, "Was it Fal- Fala? No, Falia, Falia." Just was like, "Wow, that was beautiful." And it was like, "I was like, okay, so it wasn't like he said it under his breath, or you know, like when you make a birthday wish, you're like, don't say it out loud, or it won't come true." Yeah. Um, like I just don't, I don't understand. Unless it's going to be something that we get to reveal later. But it just it doesn't seem to correlate with what he promised her being the key to unlock all these memories all of a sudden. Send us your theories, guys. Yeah. Um, also, for anybody who's ever had, like, amnesia, that doesn't happen. Like, you don't get all of your memories rushing back. Like, that's not a, no. um, a thing. That, that's a thing that happens in TV and movies and books but you don't have them all come rushing back. Um, And that would be rather painful for somebody to have all of the pain and misery and happiness. All of a sudden, all of those emotions and all of those memories suddenly get lit up in your main, like your mind. It's, it's not, Um, it's when you think about how the brain works, it doesn't make a lot of sense to begin with because there's usually just some, some severing of neural pathways and mm. damaged neurons. If, you don't you don't just put those back together you don't fix them you just make the ones that you do have fire better if that makes sense um you can for example like if you have let's say that you've done drugs for a long time and you fried a bunch of your dopamine receptors and you have to be on antidepressants you're not when you're on antidepressants you're not making your dopamine receptors work because they're they're da- like they're, they don't work anymore you're just taking the ones that aren't damaged and you're making them fire on overdrive um and you know sometimes it doesn't even work sometimes they overflow and the dopamine pools like around the receptors and then your whole brain can become saturated with dopamine and then that can cause issues as well so yeah, it's it's not something where she could have just magically like regained. Like there had there almost no. has to be a magic taking place. Well, there was a magic because we found out that when she's trying to access those memories, there's like a wall. Yeah, there's like a physical wall. The Armani black her. wall. Yeah, um, she never tries again to reach the wall. Um, and also when like Hudson's in her mind, there is absolutely a way that she could have said, "Can you also?" see this wall like it's a manifestation there is a physical thing that is stopping me from remembering like it's not her choice 
but I feel like he seems to, he seems to like think that it was all her that it's like a repression thing that she's decided to not remember because he doesn't seem to be angry at anyone in specifically for removing those memories um but even removing a wall would still be like opening a dam or like sluice or or floodgates for memories to some suddenly running to suddenly come rushing back and then she's like oh i'm all happy because i remember everything it's like well you it would okay why did that happen yeah i'm happy that it happened but no one seems to be suspicious <laughs> yeah um you know so another thing i didn't notice was that Jackson's already starting to look drained. I, I yep. saw it in your notes and I didn't even, I like. Like straight away. So she says, she says when she drops her off back at Catmare and he goes to his bedroom, um, she says that he is looking rough, more tired than she's ever seen him. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, okay, so this is as soon as Hudson is physically visible, he starts draining on Jackson's power. But then Jackson still has enough energy to run to wherever he runs to go and get tacos for Grace. But there's also the like almost kiss at her bedroom door where he scrapes his fangs across her neck and he looks like hungry. Yeah. And he backs away from her. He's like, no, and then runs away. And I'm like, okay, so he is draining himself. He's done all of this journey and he doesn't want to feed on her. And I was like, oh, is that why he wanted to not feed on hers? Because he knew that if he did that, he wouldn't be able to go and get her tacos. <laughs> was not, that the only reason? Not that he's going feral. He just wanted to yeah. make sure he, he wanted to. He wanted to. And the dark, the dark eyes were like, like the lust of like, I really want to. But at the same time, if I do this, I then can't go and do that special surprise that I wanted to do. Your your assessment was more wholesome than mine. I was like, he he's afraid he's going to kill her. No, nah, because I don't think that he would be that hungry yet. It hasn't. But at been the that same long. time, um, he wait. It it is that long because he never feeds from her again. Yeah, but he can still get stuff from the cafeteria. Yeah, but he he hasn't fed from her since Leah. She became yeah yeah like he hasn't fed from her at all. Yeah. They haven't shared like any any time together. And um like you you'd think that he would not be pressuring her, but you'd think that he would at least entertain the idea that she would still want that again because she did before. I mean, Hudson might have had an issue with it, but at the same time, Hudson's not there physically to stop anything from happening. Yeah. Whatever happens, the moment that he does bite, Grace would be like, "Yay." <laughs> Yay. Oh my god. What happens if he does bite Grace and Hudson shares the feelings? Oh, they do like... Maybe that's why he ran away. He was like, oh god, what am I gonna do? No. Ew, it's like that Rick and Morty Ew. dragon episode. Yes. It, that, no, I, like, I wholeheartedly don't believe in the taco theory anymore. <laughs> it was the, I don't want my brother to take part in this. <laughs> oh, no. Ew. Because either way, he's watching, he's feeling it, and he can't stop it. So That's a whole different book, Amber. That's a, yeah. that's a different book entirely. 
You know those like reverse harem like books where it's just like actually like I choose both. <laughs> oh. Grace, Grace. Like, why does it go to the love triangle? Why can't we just not with brothers? Not with brothers. If you want to, if, if you want to yeah. have that relationship, that's fine. But not with brothers. You're not allowed to have it with brothers. Starla says so. <laughs> Starla's PSA of the day. You cannot have. You cannot do the the triangle with brothers. It's not healthy for anybody. <laughs> um. You had okay, so you have a question. Yeah. I have a question. Yes. Have you ever been in love with someone that you can't have or was in a relationship with somebody else, like an unrequited love, uh, watching it from afar just happening in front of you? <laughs> yeah, um, but I stole him <laughs> and now I'm married to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that says it all. But, but, but I'm not. I'm not that like, bad a person. But, but, but in my in, in but my defense, in my, in defense. my defense, Your Honor, <laughs> <laughs> they were. She lived like an hour away, and they. I thought you said they were Sheila, and I was like, what? <laughs> that was the name, Sheila. Sheila, no, she lived like an hour away, and he was kind of just feeling bad for her, and it was one of those things where they were on the decline. And we started talking, and I think knowing me might have just sped things up just a little bit with the natural <laughs> uh, way that things would have went. And his parents love me for it because I mm -hmm. got him out of the house, and I helped, and he got a job, and I moved him out because he was like eighteen and still in his parents' house, and everything. And we sped up our lives, and everything got really, really nice. So. I'm not a bad guy, though I was a ruthless, ruthless teenager. But <laughs> it all worked out in the end. She's she's happy. We're friends. Everybody's happy. So Starla, no, no, Starla's a terrible. I mean, I was, I was, a, I was a terrible teenager. But it all worked out. Everybody's happy. <laughs> I'm assuming that that you that you've gone through this. Uh, I think everybody's. No. 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 Really? I have had very um, unfortunate tastes in men where I was not allowed to be in a relationship with them because it was completely inappropriate. Um, and that was that was called grooming, guys. Oh, <laughs> That's no. That's grooming. Um, but I have also been in love with a man who told me too many months after the fact that he was gay, um, which was a rather unfortunate and I wish that he had told me way sooner because that that would have eased. Because I I thought there was something wrong with me. Like I was like, I'm flirting in all the right ways. I'm doing all the right things. Why isn't he taking it up on me? He can't be that much of a gentleman. He really, really can't. Like I was falling asleep on him. I was doing all of the cute little like girl next door things. And then I was like, okay, I need to step up. I need to like get dressed completely you just nonchalantly in front of it. Nope, nothing. You helped then, him on yeah. his journey. I've I No, he was gay before me. Like it was just that he he realized that I was in love with him and he just didn't know how to break it to me. Oh. And I was like, you should have said months ago. And he was like, I realized that, but he was like the longer it just went on, he was like the more hurt I thought you would be. And I was like, no. I thought I was completely ugly. 
Uh, and that there was something wrong with me and he was like so anyway i have this guy that i'm going out with and he's living with me and i was like that was why you never invited me around it wasn't that you were trying to be a gentleman it was you didn't want me to find your boyfriend uh, in your bed i was so upset that he just he felt like he couldn't tell me um but then uh that summer he invited me to go back and like spend the week with him and meet his partner um and just kind of just kind of chill out and have a good holiday and um his boyfriend was insanely jealous of me Aww. and he he believed that we were going to run off into the sunset together despite the fact that stefan was 100 percent gay like there was no way he was going to run off with me. He was like, I just don't do vaginas. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but yeah, but apparently his, his boyfriend was just like angry that I was in the house with him, that he thought that he was going to catch us together, that we were going to run off together. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to say about this. I've never, I've never had anybody jealous of me before. That's... And it was like, I, I almost like wanted to start playing up on it. I felt like such a bitch. Ah, uh, that's, yeah. The teenage mind works a lot. Well, you were, were you a teenager? Or you... Uh, yeah, I, w- I was uh, just turned 19. Okay. God, I was already um, married. Yeah and pregnant at 19 (laughs) well like i had a very very sheltered life and i went to university and this was the first boy that i had ever met that was interested in the same things as me um that like he was also artistic and he also um was doing the same languages as me um like yeah like we got on really really well and it was because he didn't think that i was going to try and seduce him did you did did you say artistic or autistic artistic okay like he drew and everything <laughs> i was uh, really we, we like, yeah we liked the same tv shows and everything like everything was going so well and i spent eight months guys eight months doing the Aww. long con trying to get him in bed with me and then he was like oh i'm really sorry and he did it via text as well Ah, was like just like it came through as like a, a, you know, like when um, back in the day where you would send a really long text message and it would come through as an MMS and he's like, yeah. oh, S- Stefan sent you a photo. And I'm like, oh, but it was a really long message. And I'm like, oh, no, what is this? <laughs> and it was just him like pouring his heart out. Like, I'm really sorry. I'm just like, I'm, I don't know how else to tell you when I'm just going to have to say it. Uh, I completely understand that you are in love with me and i've known since the day that like it first started because you were very obvious about it and i was like oh i'm mortified but he's like yeah i'm I'm gay and i was like oh no and he was like also i have a boyfriend and i was like oh no (laughs) i can't even win you back like turn you straight please yeah that's but then i look back now and he wasn't much of a catch (laughs) and it's it's good that it that it ended early because he could have strung it along for longer out of guilt so oh it's, yeah it's well much... like we we lived together so we um we had the first year was when i i thought i loved him then second year we were like just best friends uh we like we loved spending time around each other his boyfriend was still around and he then did go back to brazil or portugal wherever he lived um and then third year we spent abroad so we, we weren't really a anywhere near each other we were in completely different countries 
Um, and then fourth year, we came back. And because all of our friends had graduated the year earlier, it was just us. So we got a flat together. And this is when I introduced him to Scott. And Scott hated him from the moment he met him. He absolutely hated him. And within a month, I don't think it was necessarily like my husband influencing me and making me choose my friends. It was just my husband really kind of giving me the lowdown of the fact that he's like, he treats you like shit. He is not a good person to spend your time around. And then, you know, when the seeds of doubt start coming in, you start realizing the things that they're doing is like not normal. And it's a very oh, toxic yeah. friendship. Yeah, like that was when it ha happened and I was like, I've got to there's, live for nine months with this person you know, <laughs> and I hate them too now. There's always, I think, and I know that we've been off topic for a while, so let me, I'll I'll conclude. But I think that there's this <laughs> pressure that if you've got, you know, a friend who, how do I, how do I say this? If you end up having like the gay friend who isn't a good person, like, you anybody can be a, a not good person uh, and they can be a decent person in themselves but they could not be like a good person for your friendship and likewise you might not be a good person for them and i really hate situations where there is someone who is you know we'll just say the minority in a friend group whether that be due to race, sexual orientation, a disability, you know, maybe, for example, my husband got in a fight with a guy in school who was deaf. Um, and a bunch of people are like, oh, you're picking a fight with the deaf guy. But the deaf guy like literally like slammed into my husband's then girlfriend and like, was just being an asshole. Like, and he was like, he's, he's deaf. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have manners. Like he was like literally yeah. trying to be mean. He's not he's not absolved of his actions because Ex there is something about him exactly. that is a vulnerability. So don't feel don't feel like for anybody out there listening, like don't feel pressured. Like you don't have to be like mean and breaking things off, but you are not obligated to stay close to somebody no matter who they are just because they have, you know, something that some people either consider to be like super duper brave or something where they've like went through crazy adversity and you know it's it's yeah and somebody can be your best friend for years but then all of a sudden you you might see the light and and realize that they are not someone who is a sustainable friendship they're somebody that you want to take on to the next chapter of your life exactly um so for example stefan was a really good university friend he 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 made sure that i was safe at all times um he helped with a lot of things like he he made sure that i had a place to live and things like that but that didn't equate to being a good friend to continue with forever and he yeah and he he i remember um we graduated and he messaged me and he said i don't know what happened to us but if it was my fault i am really sorry and i was like we just grew apart um and we wanted different things um so he 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 wouldn't go to classes he would just sleep and it was because he was sick but i didn't really know that at the time like i had never been i had never been with somebody living with somebody or or hung around somebody who had true depression so i didn't really know how to deal with it except just get annoyed at them that i was like you are throwing your degree away yeah and it was it was a very 
stiff and awkward conversation to have with somebody when they just they were like I just I don't want to go into school I don't want to go to university I don't want to go to class and I was like you have three months left like surely you he just wanted to work and it was just like okay we are different people and that's okay and he's not any worse of a person now like if we met in the street I wouldn't say anything to him that was that was bad I also would make sure to say hello because I'm not scared of him or anything we didn't have a huge blow up of a relationship it was just a we grew apart yeah and we've lived different lives since yeah well on that note (laughs) we are we're like an hour and 30 minutes in are there any of these last points that you want to touch on um, no, because I, th- I think that we probably will touch on them when that point comes. Yeah. Um, it was just more that, like, there is a moment in the tunnels where Grace is, like, asked Hudson whether he remembers what happened in the tunnels because it obviously was huge trauma for her. And he says, no, I don't remember any of it. And she does have this rumination that he must be responsible for Leah's like persuaded she she was persuaded to do it and he, I think he knew the whole time that he had done something irreparable just through using careless words and um I think that's the moment where he's like Grace knows and yeah. uh, I think because she had worked it out he then stepped back again like every time they they bring themselves together and they find this mutual like being okay with each other she will have a thought and it will be so close to the truth that then Hudson then backs off again and it's like a like an elastic band like it's quite frustrating to to read when you know that they are perfect for each other right and to reread yeah yeah all right well, um, on that note, guys, I, I think I'll I'll put something in the title about like that this was because uh, I, I love discussions like this, um, especially when there are chapters that don't have a lot because it gives us an opportunity to, you know, make sure everybody's safe, make sure everybody's <laughs> safe, you know, and, and also to, you know, there's a there's also this vulnerability when we're able to talk about things like choices when we were teenagers that we wouldn't make today, like the choices I made as a teenager are certainly not choices, especially the, now that I have like the the experience and knowledge. Um, and now that you have a daughter as yeah. well, like what would you hope for her to go through and to understand before she has to? Right, right. It's, it's because a, it's, it's always a knee-jerk reaction. It's always like you get to a, a situation and you've not been prepared for it. But as a teenager, your knee-jerk reaction is to do, XYZ. Yeah, exactly. It's it's good to be and able to whole, have these the hormones. The hormones make it a bit more tumultuous than it would be if you had to make the same decision as an adult. Yeah. And it, it helps, I think, for... I mean, we've got the older audience who I'm sure they can agree. They're like, yeah, I made, man, I, some people don't even want to bring up the stupid things that they did as teenagers because it's so embarrassing and cringy. And, you know, they can agree with us like, yeah, that I, I totally would have said something dumb like that or done something dumb like that. And then the younger audience, I'm hoping what you guys take from it is that it's okay to make those mistakes when you're younger. Humans um, be- aren't infallible. We can, we can make mistakes 
as a child, as a teenager, and as an adult. I mean, the other day, we picked uh, my my dog, my my pixel puppy, came in from from outside, and he had a slug on him. <laughs> right, but I didn't want to open the door because he was asleep. I didn't want to open the door and throw the slug back out because I was like, oh, he's just got to sleep. So Scott picked up the slug and chucked it in a like used coffee mug. And he was like, we'll deal with this later. The the slug will drown in the coffee. It's lovely. Like, right. I drank out of that coffee oh. mug in the morning. I made myself a new coffee. And now I don't remember whether I swilled it out, cleaned it out. But then he came downstairs. And he was like, that was the mug with the slug in it. And now all I can think of is slug mugs. And I can't get it out of my head. And I was an adult. And I did something stupid. What? I made a mistake, guys. <laughs> And now I will forever be known as the person who maybe possibly drank a coffee with a slug in it. <laughs> All right, guys. I don't know if we have a slug emoji. Um, God. I know we have a snail emoji, though. So I know that everybody did the garlic and mushroom emojis on all of our posts on Instagram. Why, is the, why are these always at my expense? Now, Because you tell the funniest stories. <laughs> now everybody yeah. needs to comment. If you made it this far. Slug mug. Yeah, comment a snail or a snail and a coffee mug on all of our posts or over hashtags hashtag slug mug hashtag slug mug over at Crave Series Aesthetic. But guys, it wasn't the same coffee from the night before. Just to put put that out, I just took it to the kettle, made a new coffee. I just don't remember whether there was a point between the old <laughs> coffee and the kettle where I swished it out with water or not. <laughs> And so I don't you, know whether... What happens if you eat a slug? <laughs> nothing, I don't think. Will I die? No. Will I die? No. Ron Weasley seemed to be just fine. He just vomited them all out. So you'll be all right. <laughs> now I'm going to get gifts of Ron sent in. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening to this weird, weird episode. Next week, we'll get into our study date with... Jaxie Waxy and tacos. And, and you gave her meat. <laughs> and you gave her meat. So have a great rest of your week. And uh, we will see you guys in whatever our next episode will be. Episode 27. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>